Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to let you know that we decided to split this episode into two parts. Grant and I went too long on our discussion, so this first part of the episode you're listening to right now is the Hobbit Deep Dive portion where we cover Chapter 5 of The Hobbit. Episode 16.2 will be our Middle Earth Current Events segment where we will talk about the Rings of Power's new trailer and the drama. If you're interested in that, you can hop on over to that episode after this. That's cool. Well, let's get back to Lord of the Rings. Okay. Okay. It's going to take forever, dude. Sorry. Um, this is going to be a really long yeah. episode, by the way. Uh, so he uses... Strap up. Yeah. Strap in. <laughs> strap up. Stick strap. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, mateys, to another episode of Exploring Middle-Earth. I'm your host, Jack Wagon McGee. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, this is Grant. Um, oh. <laughs> sorry, I th- you, you guys must have thought that there was another uh, person on the podcast with us. Uh, no, it's just Grant. Uh, well, Jay's also here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're sitting away from each other because we're mad at each other. But we're facing each other. Because of all the drama that's been going on. <laughs> Lord of the Rings with, drama. With has the a Rings s- of Power trailer. Has a no, not because of that. Just because we have another microphone here so we can actually sit away from each other and look at each other. Jay, look at me. Look at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we're looking at um, each other. So we can actually have normal conversations instead of... It's more intimate. Than I feel like <laughs> sitting right next to each other was a little more intimate. But, but we were facing a w- like sh- side to side. Maybe if we were facing each other knee to knee. Like that <laughs> yeah, that'd be better. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, okay, so this is Exploring Middle Earth. Um, so this series, we're going to be doing uh, a deep dive of The Hobbit, so we're going chapter by chapter. Uh, today we're doing chapter five of The Hobbit, which is Riddles in the Dark, yeah. which is probably one of the most iconic chapters in all of history. In all all of literature? All of anything? Yeah. It beats yeah. it beats the heck out of William Shakespeare, Bill Shakespeare. Yeah. I'm Tolkien famously <laughs> was disappointed in Shakespeare. Yes, he was actually. He, they didn't live at the same time. He was disappointed in his writing, not him yeah. as a person. <laughs> he wasn't <laughs> no. like no. Tol- or Shakespeare didn't disappoint him as a person. Yeah. So uh, I guess I'll introduce myself real quick. I'm Grant. I'm the resident Tolkien expert, and I've read all the books, except for a few. I mean, there's like a few small ones. That, well, you don't big, have to say that. They'll never know. They'll never know. Unless but they ask you. I've read a lot, and I know a lot. That's what I'm going to leave it at. Okay. Um, I'm Jay. I've read a little less than a lot, and I know a little less than a lot. Because <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because yeah. then people can't say, well, you're dumb. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I know just a little less than yeah. a lot. Yeah. Which is still quite a bit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a bit, but not a lot. Yeah. It's like quite a uh, little a bit. Quite, <laughs> quite a little a good bit. Yeah, but yeah, I know less than Grant, and I've read less than Grant, but I still know my stuff. You know, ask you ask me anything about Tolkien, there's a seventy five percent chance I might know it. So I would lower that a little bit. Sixty? No, seventy. Seventy? Yeah, oh, just five okay. percent. Yeah, yeah. But I said might know it, not for sure know it. Right. So okay. okay. But I'm gonna be doing uh the summary of this chapter, Riddles in the Dark. Um, the na- title of the chapter pretty much gives away what's happening, but. Yeah, pretty much word for word. So I'm not doing a summary. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so uh, where we left off in the last chapter, Bilbo got knocked unconscious. So Bilbo wakes up from being knocked out. He got he, he got dorfed. He got dorfed. <laughs> yeah, that's the second time we've said that on the podcast. Yeah, Pro- nobody no, probably not knows a lot of. Movies. No, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone would know. Just Zach. I don't know if he listens anymore. 
I told well Maddie was there. Oh. So she would know. If she listens, Maddie's she doesn't. Grant's wife, just so you know. Yeah. Just so you know. Why do you sound so disappointed? Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Bilbo wakes up from being knocked out. He can't see anything because it's dark. Um, yeah. But his eyes are open. Don't worry. He Don't can... worry, guys. Um, so he starts to feel around because uh, he's in, like, the mountain caves. So he's trying to figure out where he is. And he starts crawling around and making his way through the darkness. And his hand lands on a ring on the ground. And for some reason, he just, he just like, picks up, puts it in his pocket. Doesn't take much note of it. And then he realizes he can use his sword, because if you remember from uh, the past two episodes ago, um, Grant talked about how the elven swords glow in the dark when they're close, when you're close to goblins or orcs. So uh, Sting, that's the name of the sword, right? Mm-hmm. Is a uh, dwarf elvish sword, so it glows. So he uses that, it's very faint, but he uses it as like a way to light his way. Basically, way. <laughs> yeah. Way to light his way. It's basically, I do this a lot sometimes, like, because... I find the flashlight in my phone is super bright, like especially in the middle of the night when I'm trying to find my way to the bathroom mm-hmm. and I don't want to trip over anything. Basically, I just turn my phone on and turn the brightness up and use that. So that's what—that's pretty much what Bilbo that's did. <laughs> basically the modern version of what Bilbo was doing. Yeah, because if you can't really—I mean, I guess you could attack people with your phone. Yeah. But yeah. Did you cyber know, attack? There's a cool <laughs> thing. This does—I mean, this doesn't relate to anything <laughs> Middle Earth, but there's a cool thing you can do with your phone, uh, with iPhones. Um, oh, or you, the Siri thing? Yeah, you can do Siri Lumos. And we don't it turns talk about on, It turns on the flashlight. I what Harry or, or you say Siri knocks, and yeah. it turns off the flashlight, because that's mm-hmm. the Harry Potter thing for yeah. lighting up the wand and that's stuff. That's cool. Well, let's get back to Lord of the Rings. Okay. He uses the light from the sword to guide him, and he makes his way to this lake that's in the middle of the mountain. Um, and there he meets Gollum, who's big character. Grant and I will talk more about him, obviously. Uh, big, big personality, small stature. Yeah, yeah. So Gollum lives on this lake in the in like a little rocky island in the middle of the lake, and um, Gollum spots Bilbo walking around. Uh, but Gollum has impeccable, uh, pretty much night vision. So. Yeah, because he's always in the dark. His pupils are huge. <laughs> but um, Gollum comes up to Bilbo and they start talking. And Gollum usually would have eaten him, but he's intrigued because he doesn't. Or he knows what a hobbit is, because uh, Grant will mention that. But he he doesn't usually see anything other than orcs down there. Or goblins down there. Same thing, but yeah. yeah. In but, the hobbit, they're yeah. called goblins. So he's like, I wonder what this fellow's doing down here. Oh, what were you going to say? I wasn't going to say. Oh. I was going to make one of those jokes, but oh, yeah. I decided yeah. against it. Yeah. So uh, so they start talking, and uh, Gollum wants to do a game of riddles. Because um, he likes riddles. Who doesn't like riddles? He's a gamer. Yeah. He is a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> World's first gamer there's probably been other gamers yeah i mean if if the riddle game was a thing before Gollum, yeah maybe well this is the first recorded gamer in uh middle earth history um so they they go back and forth with riddles and they decide that if bilbo wins the riddle game then uh Gollum has to show him the way out of the mountain and if or Gollum Gollum wins the game then he has to eat bilbo which, which is pretty fair. Yeah, uh, pretty but, fair. What, wait, um, hold on. What What do you think Bilbo would do? Because like, Bilbo obviously would not go down without a fight. I think he tried to fight, but um, we'll make, it depends. Or he has the ring. If Gollum, Gollum probably said that knowing that he has the rings, or that he thinks he has the ring, so yeah, he would have put right. the ring on and attacked him. Right. But, but like, w- that would be so weird if Bilbo was like, well, I lost, so I'll just stand here and let yeah. him kill me. <laughs> the book just ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, go back and forth with riddles until, and they keep getting them right, until 
uh, Bilbo finally can't think of anything, so he sticks his hand in his pocket and says, what have I got in my pocket? And uh, it's the ring. And Gollum hears that and is like, hey, that's not a fair question. And Bilbo's like, well, and he's singing this to himself. He's like, well, that wasn't the question I was going to ask, but this is a good one, so I'm going to do it. And he goes, yeah. and so he asks the question again. And Gollum has uh, three, technically four guesses, because um, he does three, but he fits two in in the last guess. And they're all wrong. Um, so, <laughs> so, so Bilbo technically wins. So Gollum is like, uh, yeah, off a of technicality. Yeah. Gollum's, uh, like, before I show you all, I'm gonna, I have to go grab something. So he's going back to the island to grab the ring. Red flag right away. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> ladies, if you, <laughs> I think there's a lot more red flags to Gollum than him than having just, to leave. <laughs> than just saying, here, let me grab something real quick. Yeah. But so he goes back to grab the ring. <laughs> the and... fact that he wants to eat Bilbo's a red flag. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But, um, just a thought. So then this is where we learn about the ring. Um, that it was his birthday present and everything, but Grant's going to go more into that in his section. So Gollum gets back to the island, figures out that the ring's gone. And Bilbo is like, what the heck is he screaming about, dude? And uh, it probably echoes a lot because it's in a cave, especially with a lake right there. Um, and so it scares Bilbo, and Gollum's like, I gotta, maybe he has a r- ring or something. So he goes after him, and Bilbo just sprints out there. And he s- puts on the ring, um, and he doesn't know yet that it makes him invisible. Um, so he puts on the ring and f- trips and Gollum runs past him, but Bilbo thinks he's going to get attacked because he's like, I, I'm just laying here, but he's invisible now. So Gollum runs past him. So then he realizes he's invisible. So he follows Gollum to the exit of the mountains cause Gollum's trying to chase him, but he doesn't realize he's behind him. Um, and, uh, but Gollum stops short because there's goblins and Gollum doesn't want to be caught by the goblins. So Bilbo has to jump over him and just run and jump. He's invisible. Jumps over him, then gets some in, in some point in between him jumping over Gollum and him getting out of the mountain, he took the ring off because uh, he realizes that they could see him, so he put the ring back on and then leaves the mountain. But have you ever seen the movie uh, Spirit? Um, it's a Dis- old Disney animated movie. Is it about with a the horse? horse? Yeah. Matt Damon plays the horse i, I did not know that yeah does that remind you do you remember that scene where spirit has to jump that big gap yeah and yeah. it's like that cool shot of under or like the side not under yeah that's what i thought of when bilbo like a slow motion of bilbo jumping that's obviously not what they did in the movies but but that's the summary of it and bilbo is now out of the mountains but we don't know where gandalf and the dwarves are but we know bilbo's yeah. out of the mountains because last last we heard the dwarves got captured again by the goblins so, um, we're going to talk about who is gob- gob- Gollum. I can't even- <laughs> who is Goblin? Who is Gollum? Goblin. I want to quick read his introduction in uh, Go for it, the girl. book. So, this is in The Hobbit, obviously, because it's a book reading. Riddles in the Dark. This is when uh, Gollum is introduced for the first time ever. It says, Deep down here by the dark water lived old Gollum, a small slimy creature. I don't know where he came from, nor who or what he was. He was Gollum, as dark as darkness, except for two big round pale eyes on his thin face. And so he's just a spooky guy who lives in the lives underground. Oh, spooky dude. So Grant's going to start us off with Gollum the early years. Here we go. <laughs> I'm starting us off. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this is Gollum as he was known. Um when he was not Gollum. Yeah. Um, so if you've read the Lord of the Rings or you've seen the movies, uh, you'll know that he is, uh, hence to forth, here forth with, 
mm-hmm. um, known as Smeagol, which was his original Hobbitish name because he was a Hobbit at one mm-hmm. point. So that's why he knew what Bilbo was. Yeah, but he was confused um, why. He was but a Hobbit they didn't they didn't call themselves Hobbits. Mm-hmm. Um, at least Gollum didn't at the time when he was alive. But mm-hmm. um, but he knew he and Bilbo were of the same race, the mm-hmm. halflings at least. And uh, so Smeagol, who was Gollum later, mm-hmm. uh, he grew up in this kind of like family clan sort of thing in the um, the Vales of Anduin. Anduin is the great river that's um, to the east of the Misty Mountains. Um, so he lived in the Vales of the Anduin, and the types of hobbits they were, the halflings, were the Stores. They're kind of like an ancestral um, clan of the Stores, and the Stores are the types of hobbits who frequent like wetlands and rivers and stuff they know how to um, handle boats they know how to swim they're good at fishing all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. and they're the same hobbits when they migrate to um Eriador and eventually into the shire they're the same hobbits that live close to the brandywine river and in the marish which is a marshy area in uh the shire so anyways um so currently this um uh, family clan um which was led by a matriarch which i think was like gollum or smeagol's grandmother or something like that great aunt something like that i can't remember um which i should have researched that you should know that i mean Um, you're the expert yeah i guess not really anymore um i failed anyways uh so they lived in the gladden fields or near the gladden fields which is a big marshy area um so it you know they like marshes and um so one day uh, Smeagol and his um, cousin and also good friend Deagle, with very similar names, probably a family sort of name. Um, they were out, uh, well, this was on Smeagol's birthday, I should probably mention that. Um, they were out um, on the the river, the rivers that go through the, the Gladden fields, the kind of marshy rivers, and they were fishing and they were boating and stuff and they're pretty much celebrating Smeagol's birthday with a relaxing afternoon Just fishing with the boys you know fishing <laughs> fishing with the boy yeah um, fishing with the boy yeah and uh so he um previously deagle gave him a birthday present but it was at least according to Smeagol, it was kind of cheap or like he didn't appreciate it very well because it didn't seem very well thought out and so Smeagol was a little disappointed um so anyways they're out boating they're having a good time and deagle's fishing out in the water while Smeagol's digging around the roots of a tree as he's known to do he he's interested in like roots and beginnings and like origins and stuff like that and he's digging around and then deagle uh catches a huge fish or like he hooks one on the end of his pole and because they're halflings they're not you know they're not as heavy as actual people or not as big so um deagle gets pulled into the water by this big fish probably like a catfish or something like that is my guess and um maybe a nice salmon nice sized salmon well, I mean, it's like in a marsh, oh, marshy area, so I don't know. I guess we're we're thinking logically, yeah, here, ecologically, ecologically, literally, ecologically. yeah. Is it echo or eco? I, say, I don't think it matters. I don't really think it matters. It doesn't matter right now. It doesn't least. matter to either. Of Anyways, us. so uh, he gets pulled into the river, and um, he notices something at the very bottom of the river. It's kind of shiny, um, and it catches his eye because the sunlight's kind of hitting it from above the water. And obviously, mud is not normally shiny, so mm-hmm. he's like, mm. not normally, not normally. <laughs> um, you catch it on a good day, it's shiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he picks he picks up a handful of mud. At least in the <laughs> movie, this always annoyed me about the movie is when he reaches into the the mud to grab mm-hmm. the ring. He like grabs a, a whole handful of mud first without even mm-hmm. like thinking, like just grab the ring. 
Yeah. Like you can see it. Just grab the ring instead of a handful of mud. Cause what if it slips out of your hands when you do that? It just looks more dramatic. Know. Yeah. It's just, I thought it was kind of stupid, but it, I think it actually looked cooler if you just picked up the ring instead of, it'd be more dramatic. Yeah. It'd yeah. Be, it'd but be... I guess the reveal when he opened his hand and saw the ring was dramatic too. So yeah. But Anyways. he knew the ring was there. So <laughs> yeah. why was it? So he grabbed the ring. Um, and I should also mention, uh, just to give you like a timeline or a time period, this was in the Third Age, uh, 2,463. So this was um, like about 500 years before the events of The Hobbit. So, oh. Or like a little little less than 500 years. So Smeagol's an old guy. Yeah. At this point, he's just a youngin. Yeah. But, but um, once he's gone, he's old. Yeah. Um, so Smeagol, he kind of overhears his cousin Deagle, like, talking about this ring that he found he's kind of talking to himself and he's like pawing at it because <laughs> the ring is already working its power on working deagle its magic yeah working its magic because it's trying to get deagle to take the ring and claim it so he can bring it to mordor that's just kind of how the ring works it tries to i guess get a host mm -hmm. i put in air quotations right there but mm -hmm. uh, so that it can bring itself back to sauron its master anyways so it's trying to work itself on yeah, deagle's kind of flirting with deagle a little bit it's gaslighting deagle <laughs> yeah um <laughs> And so Smeagol overhears it, and he sees the ring um, behind Deagle's shoulder, and he he says, uh, well, I mean, this is just paraphrasing. I'm not even going to paraphrase. He basically says something along the lines of, I was going to try and do like an actual like quote, but I can't, I can't think of anything. <laughs> um, uh, but he says something along the lines of, um, like, that would be a better birthday present. Like, you must give it to me. It's my birthday. And mm -hmm. then Deagle's like, well, I already gave you a present. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year, man. <laughs> um, and so Smeagol gets really jealous because, again, the ring is starting to work its power. And uh, eventually Smeagol just strangles his cousin, um, yeah. which I would too. I'm just kidding. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. Watch out, Grant's cousins. <laughs> yeah, watch out. Um, so, And then he takes the ring for himself, which is a big deal. If you forcefully take the ring for yourself, then the ring really gets a hold of you. Mm -hmm. um, so now Smeagol is in possession of the ring, and he's calling it his, his little precious birthday present. Yep. And I will hand it over to Jay yeah. as of right now. Mm -hmm. Go. But Grant mentioned right at the end, he calls it his precious birthday present, and that's how he justifies taking it, as it was supposed to be his birthday present. Yeah. So Smeagol, uh, after he killed his cousin, um, goes back to the place where the rest of his family lives. And, um, <clears throat> he, uh, um, he starts stealing because he realizes if he puts it on, he's invisible and it also starting to work its magic on him. So he's kind of going crazy and he's getting power hungry and just becoming an evil guy. And he, uh, starts stealing from him, from the people around where he lives and people are like starting to get a little weird about it. Uh, cause they're like, Hey, this guy's stealing stuff. And he's also just like disappears. So, so he is banished. Red flag. Yeah. No, more red flags. Those are early red flags. So he's banished from uh, his people, and he's kicked out of the hobbit hole by his grandmother. Um, we don't know. If, I don't think physically kicked out. I was going to say, can you confirm it's actually his grandmother? I think so. Okay. That's can what I, I thought. That That's what it said on uh, the whatever uh, uh, Tolkien. Gateway. Tolkien Gateway. Yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't feel like going back and looking it up. But I remember in an earlier episode, we mentioned his grandma, so... It's really windy outside. Yeah. Luckily, we're inside. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Dang, man. 
So after his banishment uh, from where he lives, he has to, and he's like slowly looking more and more like Gollum and less like a hobbit because uh, he doesn't look like Gollum when he's Smeagol. Yeah, he looks uh, normally like a hobbit. He looks like a normal hobbit, and then he slowly turns into a Gollum-looking creature. But the uh, starts to look like your mom. <laughs> oh, sorry, mom. Please don't listen to this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so he, uh, um, he doesn't start looking at lo- super like. Gollum until he gets into the Misty Mountains, um, and uh, this is in the Third Age, 20, 2470, so this is seven years yeah. after. Also, I do want to say something, too. The reason he goes into the Misty Mountains is what I mentioned earlier, is he's really interested in like roots and beginnings and origins, so he climbed into the mountain caves to kind of explore what was deep inside. That's also so. interesting, because he's into roots and beginnings, and also he's the root and beginning of the biggest event in Middle-earth. Jay, or one of the biggest. Holy crap, man! Oh, no. <laughs> I think you, I think you uh, solved the puzzle. Yeah. Well, I've I thought of what Tolkien couldn't. He thought of it, but then forgot. Yeah. And he just wrote it <laughs> <Yeah>. down. <laughs> He's like, I wonder why. I wonder why it's like that. He wrote it on a napkin, but he accidentally threw that napkin away. Yeah. He wiped his face on it or blew his nose into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what he did, and he threw it out. So uh, Gollum ends up living in the middle, or in the lake. Uh, on an island and that's where bilbo meets him um so in the misty mountains and that lake he lives off raw fish and goblin and they're blind fish because it's so dark there's no need for eyes and goblin on raw fish yeah the uh fish uh evolved to have no eyes because they don't need them they live in the dark and then and this ain't no like sushi we're talking about this is just raw fish this is just yeah just raw raw um, no, that's a line in the two towers. Yeah, where he talks about eating raw fish. Yeah, Gollum does. Yeah, but uh, he eats the occasional goblin that comes down, uh, because the king goblin, uh, the great goblin, yeah. great goblin. Yeah, he's like, hey, can you guys give me some fish sometimes? And they're like, okay, and they go down and get eaten by, uh, Gollum. So he's kind of like this mysterious creature to the goblins that yeah. I don't know who lives there, but it's like, don't go to that lake or else you'll die. Um, kind of like what is it? What's that one horror movie? Is it? Um, uh, where they're on the, it's a Friday the 13th where, where the kids go to the camp and they're on the lake and they just start dying. I've never seen that movie, so oh. I don't know. It's kind of like that. Kind of like that. Okay. It's kind of a scary movie, but he's a scary guy. It's kind of like the Horcrux scene in, uh, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, Half-Blood yes. Prince. Yes. Yes. Um. Enough Harry Potter yeah. references, I guess. So once he's in there, that's when things start turning super south for him. Because he's getting no sunlight, so his skin gets all pale and whatever. Um, And he starts to have a dissociative identity disorder type thing where er, there's Smeagol and Gollum. And he gets the name Gollum from the sound he makes when he, like, coughs or whatever. Grant, do you want to do a demonstration of it? Oh, his Gollum cough? Grant's a good at Gollum voice. Grant's a good at Gollum voice. (laughs) Filthy hobbits, gluten, gluten. Yep, there. That was was that Grant, or did we get Andy Serkis to do it? I don't know. We won't never tell. We won't never tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant I said won't ever tell, but oh. it blended together. Hey, that's okay. We w- <clears throat> will not ever tell. Yeah, yeah, we won't. Um, so if you notice, if you heard at the end, Grant said Gollum, and that's where he gets his sound for, or his name from. <laughs> yeah, there he goes again. Um, so he so Smeagol represents his nice side. Um, and good side in it's no because... more Mr. Nice Guy <laughs> because Smeagol remembers what it was like to live out in the open and to feel friendship and love but then Gollum is his dark side because it's been con- it's been corrupted and controlled by the ring so that's why he uh, talks to himself or he talks 
it seems like he's talking in the third person yeah because it's one of his personalities talking to the other personality and later on in the lord of the rings books samwise gamgee calls the good personality slinker and the bad personality stinker and i just thought it was just kind of funny you know you know what it is yeah yeah um but that's it for uh, oh wait we we got to do the inspiration for Gollum. right on man because tolkien probably was inspired you know probably for a lot of his writings and characters yeah. and original concepts yes he, he was inspired but so now that you have an understanding of Gollum, let's dive into because uh, what is an idea other than an inspired thought yeah I don't know. This has been philosophy with Jay and Grant. Yeah. And well, it was nice of you to put my name first, even though you came up with the welcome, philosophy. Welcome to Thoughts for Your Thoughts with Jay and Grant. Yes. Where yes. we talk about all things philosophy, philosophical, and philosophizing. I don't think that's a word, yes. the last one. Philosophize is. Yeah, you can philosophize. So philosophizing is? It would. It, I feel like it would be the past or like philosophizing maybe but let's get on let's Anyways, move on shoot dag nab so i'm gonna i'm gonna we have four uh, possible inspirations four? holy crap yeah because there's a lot of stuff but i'm gonna talk <laughs> about two and grant's gonna talk about two so um where i got my inspiration or where i got this information from <laughs> you got inspired <laughs> i got inspired to look it up is oh. from this uh scholarly article titled the riddle of Gollum." Uh, was Tolkien inspired by Old Norse gold, the Jewish golem, and the Christian gospel? And it's by Woody well- Wendling from Temple University. Woody Wendling? Woody Wendling. That's yeah. a cool name. Yeah. Shout out to Woody. Woody Shout Wendling. out to Woody. Woody if w- you're listening to this right now, Woody, I want you to understand you've inspired us. Yeah. I but don't not know- in the way that Tolkien was inspired because we yeah. have no... Yeah, I'm going to yeah. end it right there. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I don't the, know what I was talking about. The, the, first, um, the first thing Shut that up, I have nice. for what, <laughs> what Tolkien was inspired by, um, in 1928, so this is a year or two before he... Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah. It's about the time your mom was born. Oh, wow. Got Another <laughs> mom. <laughs> wow. I was um, inspired. <laughs> yeah. So, this 1928 is about a year or two before Tolkien started working on The Hobbit, because uh, 1929 is when he wrote... On the when he's grading papers in a hole in the ground that lived a hobbit, mm-hmm. uh, but we don't know if he started the hobbit that year. Waited a little bit, but so 1929 he wrote uh, this thing of or collection of poems called Tales and Songs of Bimble Bay, um, and this is a little excerpt from the Tales and Songs of Bimble, Day, Bimble Bay. Hey. And there's a character named Glip, and I'm gonna read it because it's just Glip. It pretty much is Gollum, and this is a poem. And also, I've read it out loud once, so I might mess up. But enjoy. Okay. Under the cliffs of Bimble Bay is a little cave of stone with wet walls of shining gray and on the floor a bone. A white bone that is gnawed quite clean with sharp white teeth, but inside nobody can be seen. He lives far underneath. Under the floor, down in a long hole, where the sea gurgles and sighs, Glip is his name. And Glip listens and quietly slips and lies in shadow by. It is there that Glip steals his bones. He is a slimy little thing, sneaking and crawling under fishy stones and slinking home to sing. A gurgling sound in his damp hole, but after the last night, there were darker and wickeder things that prowl on bimble rocks at night. So, Glip. 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 Glip and Gollum both start with G, but there's more to that. Because, <laughs> oh. because uh, it's it takes place in a cave. Glip yeah. lives in a cave. By dark water. cave. 
Um, and there's bones. Um, Gollum has a lot of bones from fish and stuff. Yep. Um, it says under the floor down a long hole where the sea gurgles in size. So that's like a lake. Yeah. Uh, in the, um, in the mountains. And then it also says he's a slimy little thing sneaking and crawling under fishy stones. And then it says a gurgling sound in his damp hole. Um, that could mean the voice of Gollum, how he says, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, he does it. Um, so this is like, uh, this is probably where Tolkien got like, he created the character and then he just used the same character and changed the name of it. But he would have been inspired before that. Um, but this is this is a good. I think it's a good contender of, like, uh, he was inspired to write this and then was like, hey, I'll just put this character in here, but I'll change his name. Right. Yeah. Um, the second uh, inspiration uh, is from Old Norse. Uh, language, the old Norse language, uh, which, as if you don't know, Tolkien liked that kind of stuff. He's a big guy in that he stuff. He was a he was a big linguist. Yeah, big linguist. He made up languages, read other languages. He was fluent in a, a lot of different languages. Yeah, I I can't name them all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. so the old word or old Norse word gull, which is G U L L, or sometimes spelled G O L L, means gold. And then when you inflect it, it becomes Gollum, G-O-L-L-U-M, which is the exact spelling of Gollum, which means gold, treasure, or something precious. So yeah. um, it can also mean ring and is found in the compound word finger goal, which means finger ring. And um, so maybe that's where I feel like that's where he would have gotten the uh, inspiration for the name. Yeah. And then maybe it inspired him to make Glip. Um, the character, but maybe he already had Glip and then was inspired by that to do his name. Yeah. But well, I know that um, like especially with the dwarves in the Hobbit, uh, mm-hmm. Tolkien was always inspired by like the origins of names and stuff. So like um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I can't remember what any of them mean, but uh, I know that um, like Thorin Oakenshield, like the Oakenshield word, it was like in Norse, so it was a different word, but. When he saw that and he wanted to put it with a character, he was like, okay, so why does he have the name Oakenshield? Like, what yeah. did he do to earn that nickname? So he probably did the same thing with Gollum. He probably saw that Old Norse word, and he thought it was like a fitting name with this Glip character. And then he was like, okay, maybe he's in possession of a ring yeah, or something like that. So that might have been where. But, yeah. that was It was just an idea. Grant, why don't you tell me <clears throat> your two that you found? Okay. Um... Okay, I guess I'll start. So he's gonna do his thing. This is from a book. Mm. Yeah, we read books in this house. Yeah. In this um, house, we read. Yeah. <laughs> so this is uh, an encyclopedia of Tolkien by David Day. Um, he's a Tolkien scholar. Yeah, um, we're guy. We're just Tolkien nerds. Tolkien. Nerd. He's a scholar mm-hmm. and a gentleman. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, this is in the entry for Gollum. I'm gonna read the whole thing because it's not super long, but it will give you a good idea of what's going on. Yeah, better. For, for Tolkien's inspiration. So Gollum, originally known as Smeagol, a hobbit who, under the influence of the One Ring, becomes a murderous ghoul and cannibal that shuns the light and finds grim solace in dark caverns and dank pools. He plays a key role in both The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, where he appears as a foil and even alter ego of the main protagonists, Bilbo and Frodo Baggins, respectively. There is some inconsistency in his portrayal across the two books. In The Hobbit, he is shown as some sort of murderous, cannibalistic goblin, feared even by other goblins. While in The Lord of the Rings, Tolkien reveals Gollum to be the ancestral storish hobbit 
Uh, hold on, there's a picture on that page. Uh, ancestral storage hobbit long banished from his people and corrupted by the One Ring. Like what we were talking about, his origin story. <laughs> um, so the evolution of the character Smeagol and his alter ego Gollum draws on a considerable body of mythology related to ring legends. In the Icelandic Volsunga saga, the most famous ring legend in Norse mythology, Fafnir, the son of the dwarf king um, Hreidmar, murders his own father because of his desire to possess a cursed ring and its treasure. Also, if you desire to possess a cursed ring, like, red flag. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> um, red flags coming up. This is comparable to Smeagol's murder of his own cousin, Deagle, because of his desire to possess the one ring. So retreating, like Smeagol, to a mountain cave, Fafnir broods over his ring and eventually transforms into a monstrous dragon. Similarly, Smeagol, who throughout the power of the One Ring extends his life over many centuries, transforms into a ghoul twisted in mind and body, ultimately emerging as a cannibalistic golem brooding over his precious. The Icelandic narrative poem, Volun Darkfitha. I probably pronounced that wrong, but that's what I saw. Hey, so. That's okay. You're uh, the expert. Uh, which is part of the poetic Edda, reveals a similar ghoul, Sota the Outlaw, Sota steals a cursed ring, but he so fears it may be taken from him, he has himself buried alive with it and sleeplessly guards it with his weapons drawn. Gollum's name cannot but remind us of the golem of Jewish folklore, a creature created out of clay and of similar ambivalent nature. The modern Hebrew word golem means dumb, and popularly is applied to someone who serves another under certain conditions, but is just as likely to turn against him if given the chance. A description that perfectly describes the relationship between Gollum and Frodo and the Lord of the Rings. In Gollum, this characteristic might be called pathological, so that in Smeagol Gollum we have a classic case of a split personality, of the kind portrayed in Robert Louis Stevenson's The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or Charles Dickens' The Mystery of Edwin Drood. So that's uh, those are some likely inspirations uh, of Tolkien for yeah. Gollum. And they all they all make sense. Especially, they all make sense, especially the uh, um, Old Norse ones. Like yeah. the word gold and then the stories yeah, from the, the poetic Fafnir, How Fafnir kills his dad to get a ring and then he hides in a cave and becomes a dragon. Whereas mm -hmm. Smeagol hides in a cave and becomes this evil looking tiny dude. Yeah, but I want to talk a little more about the Hebrew or the um, Jewish golem. Um, because what? why would they think that Tolkien knew that? It's because Tolkien read Hebrew. You know, he did. I mean, what else... He, Grant just said earlier he read a lot of languages. Yeah. Knew a lot. I don't think he was... He mentions in this that he, uh, it's not Hebrew direct, because Hebrew is hard to learn. Pretty hard. But people can do it. I think my uncle can read Hebrew. All I can read are Bible names. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, so what's interesting is the word golem, or which is the um, uh, what Grant was talking about with the Jewish thing, is used in the Bible, but it's when it's translated... Uh, to English, it's not used. But in uh, Psalms 139, uh, verse 16, it says, Thine eyes did see my substance. And the word substance is translated from the word golem. Because, like Grant said, it's like this shapeless mass of, like, mud and stuff. I think you said mud. Yeah, clay, yeah. clay and mud. Yeah. But um, it was a Jewish folklore creature. Um, and the legend of golem, which is, like, the first time that legend... Uh, the Jewish folklore legend was uh, translated into English was 1928, which was the year he wrote Glip and uh. two years before he started The Hobbit. So maybe he would have read that. But also, um, <clears throat> Tolkien, in one of his letters, he wrote to Michael George, his grandson, 
he says, I am at present immersed in Hebrew. Um, and so that just proves he read Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just was immersed in Hebrew, but he couldn't read it. Um, but He, <laughs> he uh, was trapped. <laughs> yeah. But he, uh, Tolkien also did, uh, wait, what book is it? Um, he translated, he did a translation of the book of Jonah into English. Oh. But not from, he says not from, not from the Hebrew direct. So it, it, I don't think it was the original Hebrew he translated it from, but it was close to the original. Yeah. So Tolkien did read Hebrew, so he might have been familiar with the uh, Jewish uh, folk folk tale of Golem. Yeah. But yeah, so those are the inspir- possible inspirations. That's pretty crazy, man. But what I think, you know, after talking about that, is that some of those would have inspired Glip, and then from Glip, he would have gotten Gollum. Or like the either the I think what happened is the story that you were talking about or you read about about the ring inspired Glip and then he used the old Norse word gold to make it Gollum. And yeah. Because a lot of his inspirations are from old Norse mythology and stuff like that. Yeah. But let's take an ad break and then um real quick oh, wait, let me talk never about mind, never mind <laughs> sorry um I wanted to talk a little bit about the ring um we've talked about the one ring before but I wanted to talk about just kind of how it pertains to Smeagol real quick. Um, so Smeagol was actually the fourth ring bearer in a line of seven total ring bearers of the one ring. Um, the first is Sauron, the creator of the ring. Um, then it's Isildur, who cuts off the ring from Sauron's hand. And then Deagle, who finds it. And then Smeagol, who kills Deagle. And then Bilbo finds it. And then Frodo, he gives it to Frodo. And then Sam takes it for uh, a second while Frodo is presumed dead. So Sam was like, well, I'll take it myself, um, but not like in a bad way. Anyways, so there are seven total ring bearers. Sauron only ever got it once. Yeah, and it's interesting because up until Gollum, each person who had the ring was, I mean, Sauron wasn't killed, but he was wounded. Yeah. And then uh, Deagle was, or no, Isildur. Isildur was killed. Yeah. And then, and then Deagle, Deagle was killed. killed. And then, spoiler After... alert, but Gollum eventually dies with the ring. Yeah. Was he, would he be uh, technically be the ring bearer once he grabs it or bites yeah, off. Yeah, I guess so. So he becomes another, the ring bearer again, yeah. and then he dies. Yeah. And uh, uh, Bilbo takes it unknowingly. He doesn't know what it is. And then it's given to Frodo. Yeah. And then Sam takes T- it knowingly. Yeah, and then but Frodo gets it back. Yeah, but he doesn't do it. I think Sam is the most noble because he... Oh, yeah, for sure. Because he was like, I'm doing this, you know? Yeah, Sam's like, a good guy. Yeah, you know, really is. Kind of guy you want to be um, friends with. Yeah, so the majority of these ring bearers were hobbits, and hobbits are naturally resistant to the dominating spirit of the ring. Um, as you can see with Gollum, he was a hobbit, and he ended up surviving past like 500 years, where a normal hobbit would only live to like maybe 120 at mm-hmm. the oldest. Yeah. Um, and then Bilbo lived to an even uh, he lived to a longer lifespan than most hobbits too. I think he made it to like 131 or something like that when he finally. Uh, Passed over the sea into yeah. the into bit the, the dust, but bit not the really. dust, bit the sea, bit the sea, bit um, the water, <laughs> and then Frodo. Um, I mean, he eventually like he was still pretty young when he went over the sea as well, but you know, so we weren't able to see that aging effect. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think it would have much of an effect on Sam anyways because he only had it for like an hour or two or something like that. I don't know, five hours, sure. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Anyways. And he never put it on, did he? No, he just yeah. ca- he just kept it on his neck. So it, put, it it can like possess you, but it really gets you when you put it on. It really gets you. Yeah, it really gets you in. That's when so, it really hits. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that most of the uh, 
the ring bearers were actually hobbits, which is quite interesting because that was something Sauron never took into consideration. He was always thinking one of like the lords of the men or like the king of Gondor would like take it and possess it or like maybe one of the elves like a uh, Elrond or someone like that would take it and contest um, Sauron's power. He never expected any hobbits, which were quite unknown to him, to take the ring. And they were eventually his downfall, which is crazy. Yeah, you think you think the ring would have succeeded if it stuck to like dwarves and men and elves? I don't think so, no. You don't think it would have maybe, succeeded? Maybe if it went into the hands of someone in Rivendell or like someone like Gandalf, but mm-hmm. even Gandalf said he would be too tempted to use it for good, mm-hmm. whereas the hobbits were never tempted to really use it other than hiding, which yeah, is what hobbits normally... Gladriel yeah. even said she... Yeah. Because she, Bilbo... Or no, Frodo offered it to her. Right, and yeah. She's like, I don't know, I, maybe, maybe a good idea, yeah. I don't know. And then like, even like Boromir, who never actually like touched it. Uh, I mean, he does in the movie, I think. He picks it up and gives it to Frodo or something like that. But he yeah, never... Yeah, like, when he drops yeah, it in the snow. But he never really like touches it or wears it or anything like that. He only ever sees it. And even then, the power of the ring was working on him. And he was yeah. like, well, I got to take this back to my dad. Yeah. So that he can use it. My dad it. would love this. My dad would... <laughs> My dad has been dying to get a ring for his birthday. I just have to have this. Yeah. Um, so the ring does have a tendency to slip off of a wearer's fingers if it deems the time is ripe to be picked up by another ring bearer. So like if it thinks that the person who's wearing it at the moment is not going to get it anywhere closer to Sauron, then it will fall off of its own accord. Even if like you like keep it in your pocket or something like that, it'll like slip slip out of your pocket or something like that you know wiggle out um and so that's how bilbo found it is because Gollum probably had it on him when he was stalking um goblins which i think is what it said happened. yeah he was he he ate a goblin yeah and then it fell off of him and then bilbo found it in the dark just by chance maybe um and yeah so it was inevitably the wrong person or Hold on. Uh, right it, it inevitably chose the wrong person oh, to yeah. pick it up because Bilbo, uh, when he took it, it ended up becoming the bane of it, its existence. So, mm-hmm. um, And it can also change um, its diameter t- or circumference to mm-hmm. fit the, the wear. Yeah. So like if you've got big, meaty hands, it'll mm-hmm. get bigger to fit your fingers. Yeah. Oh, Sid, now we can take an ad break. Okay, we're going to an ad break now. Mm, bye. Hey everyone, have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Welcome back to this episode. Okay. Where are you listening to? Hope you enjoyed the ad. Hope you followed us, because uh, that's what the ad's about. Instagram, Twitter. But yeah, we're gonna get back to this chapter because there's a little more we have to talk about about this chapter before we get into the current events. Um, so if you didn't know, you probably knew this. But think, if you didn't know, but if you didn't know, The Hobbit was written before Lord of the Rings. Right. And The Hobbit was written before Tolkien had any idea. Or, like, a good idea of what he wanted to do with Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't even think he was considering a sequel. Yeah. Because he was working heavily on the Silmarillion at the yeah, time. Yeah, and so. his publishers wanted another Hobbit book is what they said. Yeah. And he's like, I'll give you one. I'll give you one big one. And they're like, well, let's make it three. Make I'll one. show you a Hobbit book. <laughs> yeah. And he puts up so, his fists. Yeah, so the original, um, 
the first edition of The Hobbit um, is a little different. This chapter is a little different because um, Tolkien didn't originally know what uh, all that the ring was going to become. Uh, so when he went to write The Lord of the Rings, he rewrote this chapter <clears throat> or part of it. So then it would fit with the storyline of Lord of the Rings. Um, so the first edition of The Hobbit, if Bilbo won the riddle game, Gollum would give him a present, which is the ring, instead of showing him the way out. Yeah. So um, I don't know how Bilbo thought he was going to get out, but his prize, it was either he was going to be eaten or Gollum would give him a present. Yeah. Which... Gollum would probably just kill him, put the ring on and kill him. <laughs> but Bilbo did already have the ring in his pocket. Um, so they go through the riddle things, whatever. And the only really editing that happens at this point is instead of when they mention the prizes, it just says, or the what happens when they win, it just says, like, show them the way out. Uh, they just He just cut out uh, the present and then just puts in show them the way out. So it's not a ton of editing, but the big editing comes after Bilbo or after Bilbo stumps Gollum with his, what's in my pocket, um, uh, riddle. And so, uh, when he loses, uh, Gollum goes back to get the present. Cause he's like, okay, you won. He goes back to get the present and, um, he finds out it's not there. Uh, and instead of this, because in the, uh, the edition we have now, that's where we learn about the whole backstory of it. But Tolkien didn't have, like, or he had the backstory of that he got the ring for his birthday, but he didn't have, like, he killed his cousin because yeah. the ring, like, controls you or whatever. So Gollum comes back and he's like, hey, I don't, he also, he didn't, he talked the same, but he was like, hey, I don't have the ring. Sorry <laughs> about it. talked like that. Yeah. And then, uh, so then Gollum tells Bilbo what the ring does and what it is. And then he's like, I don't have it. And Bilbo is like, Oh, that's what's in my pocket. He doesn't say that out loud. And then he's like, well, why don't you just show me the way out? And then Gollum's like, okay, sure. And then Gollum willingly shows him the way out. And then they get to, um, the goblins and, uh, like the gate. Yeah. The gate. And Bilbo's like, um, or Gollum's like, it's just up there. It's just a head right up there. Maybe to the right. Just Just down the hall to your, to your right. Yeah. So, uh, Bilbo goes up and then he puts on the ring and gets past the goblins. Um, and that's that's how it was changed is because uh, Gollum willingly shows him the way out and Bilbo or Tolkien did not know what the ring was going to like all that it was going to represent. So uh, this also has big changes to the characters of Go- Gollum and Bilbo because um, in the revised edition, uh, Gollum is a lot more worried about the ring and yeah. losing it because of the whole backstory to it now. And um, Bilbo doesn't know, or Gollum doesn't tell Bilbo what the ring is. So, yeah, uh, or he doesn't even say that he has a ring to Bilbo. Yeah, because in the first one, he's like, hey, let me fill you, and I got this ring. It makes me invisible. I don't know where it is. And Bilbo's like, hmm, I don't, maybe I don't know either. But he does know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, so um, it makes this ring seem a lot less important because it probably was a lot less important than what it was because Gollum just talks about it and he's not as worried about it. And uh, so this, when he revised it, it makes Gollum a lot deeper of a character. And um, he's a lot more nervous and scared um, because of just how powerful the ring is. And then Bilbo's uh, character changes because in the original edition, uh, since Gollum tells him about the ring and what it is, he knows that the ring he has is Gollum's present. Yeah. So he like rationalizes stealing the ring because he's, he technically steals the ring because he knows that Gollum 
uh, it was Gollum's ring and he took it. And, um, but he justifies it because he's like, I won. So he would have given me the ring either way. Um, and, uh, in the revised edition, um, Bilbo doesn't know the ring is Gollum's and he doesn't, he just knows that he found a ring. He doesn't know what makes him invisible. Um, so, uh, he, so his character in the original edition is kind of like a, I mean, all characters are flawed in the book. In most stories, all characters are flawed, but it's a l- he's a little more flawed because he s- technically stole it um, from Gollum. But in the revised one, he like unwillingly took it because he had no clue. And then um, it makes it more dramatic when Gollum tries to chase him out, and then Bilbo follows him while he's invisible instead of Gollum just leading him out. Um, and because in the original edition, Gollum doesn't think about uh, or think that. Bilbo has the ring until after Bilbo leaves. Yeah. But it's more dramatic because he's like, hey, you probably have the ring. And Bilbo's like, oh, I'm out of here. And runs and puts the <laughs> ring on over there. Hey, you have the ring. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. So, yeah. And there's this website. I'll link it um, in the description of this episode. But it has the two editions uh, side by side of this chapter. And then in blue, writing is where it's changed. And it's interesting to see because there's a lot added in the revised edition once they start talking about the ring because Tolkien was like, Hey, I got an idea for this. And apparently first editions of this book are super expensive because, um, it's different than the, um, second editions from then on. So that's just like an interesting thing about the first chapter. I don't know if he edited any other chapters or how much he edited, but this chapter is like the famous one for being edited because it changes the whole storyline. And sets up the storyline for Lord of the Rings. But um, now we're going to move on. Instead of at the end, instead of ending this episode with trivia, Grant had the great idea since this uh, chapter's Riddles in the Dark. Remember a long time ago when we were talking about the chapter? <laughs> a long time ago at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, when we were talking about the chapter. Um, it's about riddles. So we're each going to give each other two riddles. And you can pause it after we say the riddle and try to figure it out for yourself. Right, 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 right. I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so this is the first riddle. Uh what can you break if you never pick it up or touch it? Um, dang, I'm usually thinker, so this might take me a second. Um, so what never breaks if you pick it up or touch no, it? No, or what can you break even if you don't pick if, it up or even touch if it. you never pick it up or touch it? Um, your heart. No. <laughs> Wind. No, I'll give you three guesses. So one more guess. Oh, dang, <laughs> that was a bad guess too. I knew that wasn't. Did you came? Did you no. come no. up with these or no? I looked it up. Break wind. That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. That, uh, I didn't get that right away. Did you come up with yours? No. Okay. Yeah. So um, we didn't come up with these. I found this online. Let's see. Uh, what can you, what can you break even if you never pick it up or touch it? Yeah. Your bones? Nope. Dang. The answer is a promise. Oh. See, I was I was thinking more practical things. Yeah. But that's why it's a riddle. That's okay. Yeah. So shoot me with your first riddle. Don't shoot me, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was starting Throw to Throw me your first riddle. Um, a vessel have I that is round as a pear, moist in the middle, surrounded by hair. <laughs> and often it happens that water flows there. What am I? Uh, wait, what's it? Moist? What's the first part? A vessel have I that is round as a pear, moist in the middle, surrounded by hair. And often it happens that water flows there. What am I? Uh, so vessel am I round as a pear. Mm-hmm. What is what was in the middle? Something in the it's middle. Moist in the middle. Moist in the middle, yeah. surrounded by hair. 
Um, I can. The first thing I thought of with the hair is like a peach, because you have the peach fuzz on the hair, or on the peach. Um, but water doesn't flow through a peach. I don't know, rabbit, because like a hair. <laughs> no. Two more guesses. Is it a butthole? <laughs> no. <laughs> water flows there. Yeah, it's surrounded by hair. The only I, the only thing that makes sense is a vessel that buttholes aren't vessels. I uh, mean. Maybe. <laughs> it could be. I wish that was the answer. Yeah. I don't know. That's two guesses. No. I can't even... I don't... I have, like, no idea. Do you um, want me to give you the answer? Do you forfeit? Yeah, I forfeit. It's an eye. An eye. Oh, it's, yeah. It's round as a pear. Well, that's just... A pear the, like two, though. Yeah, that's just the way they phrase it. It's mm-hmm. round as a pear. Um, it it's moist in the middle, because mm-hmm. it's wet, and surrounded by hair, and water flows there when you cry. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. Okay. Give me your second one. Okay. I am always hungry, but will die if not fed. But whatever I touch will soon turn red. What am I? Oh, fire. Yeah. yeah. See, that, that one's easy. Yeah. I like that one, though. So like we it. had the same thought process. Yeah. So we that both got the first one wrong. Okay. Okay. I was, uh, I'm glad I changed my mind because when I was looking through riddles, I was going to pick one about fire, too. But I was like, no, that one seems too easy. Mm-hmm. And it was right. It seemed yeah. easy. But, um, okay. What is the sister of the sun, though made for the night? The fire caused her tears to fall, and when she's near dying, they cut off her head. The sister of heaven. Or sun. sun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even say heaven. Wait, sister of sun, and then what was it? Um, but made for the night. Made for the night. So you would think it'd be the moon. And then what was the next part? Um, uh, fire causes her tears to fall. Fire causes her tears to fall. And when she is near dying, they cut off her head. Sister of the Sun. Oh, is it Sun S O N or S U N? S U N. S U N. Okay. Sister of the Sun, but made for the night. And then what was the next part? Um, fire causes her tears to fall. Uh, just turn football. Fire. Oh, um, and they cut off her head. Is it a candle? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, I'll so we we were both zero for one or one and one. Yeah, one and yeah. one. So that's good. We tied. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty cool one though. A candle. I do because it got. I was singing the moon, but then sister of the sun. Then I thought like a flashlight, and then uh, tears to fall. I was like, oh, wax melt. So I was gonna say wax, but then yeah. candle. But candle. yeah, because they cut off her head when she's near done, near mm-hmm. dead, near mm-hmm. done. Yeah, near um, done. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, next episode we'll cover chapter six of the Hobbit. So make sure to read that. What is chapter? Is that queer lodgings? Let me see. Because that's one of my favorite ones. So I hope it is. It better nope, be. No, it's out of the frying pan and into the fire. Oh, let's, I forgot about that. That's a good one, too, though. Yeah. Uh, let's see which one Queer Lodgings is. Seven. It's right after that one. Yeah. So, read chapter six, out of the frying pan into the fire. Good chapter. Mm-hmm. Probably not as good. I mean, they're all good chapters, but this one was, like, the big chapter, you know. Oh, yeah. So, thanks for listening. Uh, I guess goodbye. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess goodbye. <laughs> If you stuck around to the end. Goodbye for now. It's a yeah. long podcast, so if mm-hmm. you stuck around to the end, congratulations. You don't mm-hmm. get anything but mm-hmm. two hours wasted out of your life. Yeah. Maybe not a waste. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we had a good time this week. We had a good time. It wasn't a waste for us. Yeah. Maybe so, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Exploring Middle Earth. Grant and I had a great time making it and we hope you enjoyed it as well. 
If you did enjoy the podcast and want to support us, there's two ways you can do that. One way is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also share this episode or the podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth, where we will post updates and behind-the-scenes pictures. Each episode goes up every other Monday, so episode 17 will be up on March 7th, and that will cover chapter 6 of The Hobbit, so be on the lookout for that. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.